Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. I am your host, Pastor Jonathan Johnston, and joining me today as we kick off this new series is student pastor David Carpenter. How's everybody doing? And we are kicking off a series uh, that we believe as a leadership team uh, is uh, very important for for our church context. It is a series called Who We Are. Uh, And so over the next six weeks, we are going to talk through distinctives, uh, core values that we have as a church that we as a leadership team feel are are not things we just came up with. We feel that they are things that uh, God has laid on our heart, has revealed to us through his word, uh, and through our experiences over the last yeah. year to year and a half. Uh, and so we just want to explain those things. Um, you, on the, our listeners on the podcast, will notice we're still going to be talking through Scripture. Yeah, These are not just talking points where we're going to tell you why we think what we think. Yeah. These are scripturally based. We believe them to be part of how God built his church in the New Testament. And so we want to kind of, I told somebody the other day, it's really not, anything new. Yeah. We're really going back to something yeah, that, that's proven. It's yeah. tried and true. Uh, and, and it, so that's what we're doing here at, at HBC. And, uh, we hope that it, it's still a blessing for you if you are in a different church context, yeah. uh, because we're really just looking at, frankly, things that should be distinctives for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's one that I can think of Harrisburg is our heart, which is the final one would be the only thing that if you live outside of the Harrisburg area, yeah. you can insert, the area God has placed you in, and that should still be your heart. Yeah, uh, and we'll get to that, but that's down the road. Yeah, uh, for today we are talking about our first distinctive, and and really the foundation of all the other distinctives, because yeah. all the other distinctives, all the other values, don't matter without this one, mm. and it is that Jesus is the answer. Yeah, uh, and scripturally, we're going to be in Acts chapter four. Uh, we're going to read verses five through twelve, and then and then we'll we'll jump back and kind of give you some context from three to, to help you understand what's going on here in this passage. But five through 12 is where we want to focus. The next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they asked the question, by what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone despised by you builders who has become the cornerstone. There is no salvation, or sorry, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. And obviously Acts 4.12 is uh, anyone who grew up doing Bible drills or any other scripture memory program, that would be one that would be on the list. Uh, So to give some context because uh, because we just jump in with verse five the next day their rulers we're, we're talking about Jewish leadership mm-hmm. in Israel what had happened in chapter three and then the start of chapter four uh, Peter and John have gone to the temple in Jerusalem to uh, be where the people are as they are gathering for worship they encounter a lame man who has been lame uh, I think scripture tells us for uh, forty 
years, roughly. He's, he's been that way for a while. Uh, and his family has brought him to the temple complex, put him near uh, the gate called Beautiful. Uh, actually, it says a man who is lame from his mother's womb. Carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful. He's, he's begging uh, alms or, or whatever people will give him uh, because in their culture, someone who was uh, disabled in this way could not walk the value they could contribute to their family from an income standpoint was was to beg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were dependent on that income being being earned. Uh, and so this man is there to beg, and he encounters Peter and John, who are on their way into the temple complex. And um, Peter tells him, hey, I, I don't have silver and gold to give you. yeah, But what I do have, and I, I give you freely, and says, by, by Jesus' name, Rise, rise, and walk, uh, and and the man does. Yeah. So the man receives healing. Yeah. Through Peter, through through God's power, through uh, Peter, uh, and he he immediately not only just gets up, but he he starts causing a ruckus. Yeah. Right. Like he's happy. Yeah. Understandably happy yeah. to be healed. Happy to no longer be lame. Uh, his total life trajectory has has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes into uh, Solomon's colonnade with Peter and John, praising God for his healing. This causes a disturbance, yeah. right? And so then the, the temple police get involved. Yeah. Uh, the the religious leaders get involved. They they don't like this. Yeah. Uh, they thought you know, hey, Jesus was crucified. We, we thought he's an afterthought at this point. We shouldn't be having to deal with this anymore. Um, but it's it's creating a ruckus on their day of worship. Yeah, they're they're wanting to gather and have worship, and this man is causing a problem for them. Uh, so they arrest Peter and John, uh, and that's where we pick up in in chapter four. They they arrest them, they bring them before basically the Sanhedrin, uh, so the religious court, uh, and they're going to try them because they 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 have some questions for Peter and John. Um, ultimately, they're not happy that Jesus' name is still being uttered and spoken in the temple complex. They're not happy, as weird as it is to say this, they're not happy that a man who was lame from birth <laughs> has been healed. Yeah, There's there's a separate sermon we could talk yeah. about in there, right? Um, and and that's that's where we find Peter and John in, in chapter 4. And the, the question that the Sanhedrin lead with uh, that I want to look at is the question is by what power or in what name have you done this? Mm. So David, I, I don't know. You've, you've been in ministry a while. You've been a follower of Christ longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, although sometimes I, th- I think we look at that the wrong way. However long we've been a follower of Christ, we've technically been in ministry. Sure. Uh, you've been in occupational ministry. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, right. Less time. Um, you may have encountered someone before. Yeah. Who says, "Hey, man, what? Why are you? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Why are you doing this deed or this act?" Yeah. And I think something that's really beautiful about this passage is, um, you know, Peter here, he gave people a reason to ask. He gave he he was noticeable, mm-hmm. and um, you know, everything that we do as a church, you know, we start with you know, we're doing these six distinctives and and kind of helping you 
hopefully understand the heart of our community and, and the focus. Uh, that's, this is not to say that, you know, if we don't mention something in the next six weeks that we, we don't do it right. Uh, <laughs> right. We, we, right. we don't talk about it specifically. That means it's bad or that no church should do it or that our church never will. But these are the kind of the things that we focus in on. Right. And we start by focusing in on this statement that we believe that, you know, to be any kind of church that's healthy, a church of Jesus, you have to say that Jesus and the way that we've worded it is the answer. But here, what's really cool about this story is that they were given a question. They were asked about because they were doing things, because they were noticeable, not for the sake of their uh, own uh, attention or praise, but you know, they they were active in a way that people had to ask, why are you doing these things? In whose right. name are you doing these things? And for our church, as we begin to understand uh, this this set of, of core values or, or value statements, I think it's a challenge to us. L- let us be a church mm-hmm. that people ask, hey, why do you wake up on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. and instead of sleeping in or going to play golf or, you know, spend an extra day in the camper on the weekend or going to a, a baseball game. Wh- why do you do what you do on Sunday mornings? Well, Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus saved us. And so we think it's worth giving him our lives. If someone asks, Hey, oh, why do you, uh, you know, use your finances the way that you do? Why are you not just giving to a church, but generous with your money and helping mm-hmm. people and serve? Well, Jesus, why does your church community find it so important to be a part of events in, in Harrisburg and Mercer County and supporting institutions around this area? Why, why do you do that? Well, Jesus, you know, Jesus has changed our lives and we want Jesus to change other people's lives too. So I, I think the first thing we, we kind of see here is, hey, the question had to be asked. Mm-hmm. Well, why mm-hmm. are you going around healing people, man? Why, why are you right. going around causing a ruckus uh, when we're trying to worship? Uh, you know, this, of course, the, the book of Acts is a book of history of, of, the, of the church in its very foundational state. Jesus ascends and then the church is formed a Sunday later Pentecost the Holy Spirit comes and you know it, it's an incredible story of, of how God birthed the church so here we're reading some of the early stories of this church and something you see is this church the early church was noticeable mm-hmm. that the question had to be asked and and I think the first thing is we look into understanding hey Jesus is the answer for us that we always want to be a church that people are having to ask the question. Mm-hmm. We're a church that is not visible for our own sake, but visible. And, and in doing that, we are, are visibly projecting the message mm-hmm. of Jesus. And and I, I think that's a cool testimony uh, about Peter here, that, that the question <laughs> needed to be asked. Right. He wasn't, uh, you know, hiding in the corner or, you know, just gathering with, with his couple little friends and having a Bible study. No, no, no. I'm not against Bible study. Don't hear me right. say that. But here, Peter, <laughs> Peter's going out and, and Peter's shaking the community and Peter's moving uh, in, in the world and, and through God's spirit, things are happening. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a, a cool part of this story and an encouragement even for us. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, uh, they definitely were not doing it for their, for their own uh, benefit or attention because even, even when the man is first healed and it becomes evident to all those around, mm-hmm. uh, in verse 11 of chapter 3, it says that all the people greatly amazed ran toward them in what is called Solomon's colonnade. Uh, they were the people were all coming to almost pay homage to Peter and John, yeah, because they had just healed this man. And so, the temptation of the people there is they now want to worship the one who did the healing rather than the great healer who who gave them the power to do so. Um, and so, there, there's always temptation for us when we do. Uh, a quote-unquote good deed or mm-hmm. uh, something that benefits others, the question often does come, hey, wh- why are you doing this? Yeah, And we have to be really careful 
Uh, I think so many times we, we miss the mark in Christian life in saying, oh, well, we, we do this because we, we just want everybody to know we love them. Mm. That's true. We, we, we do, but why? Yeah. If, if, if we if love them, love, that's not really good news. No. There's really a lot of not. people who love other people. Right. But, you know, if, if we do this, well, because Jesus loves them and Jesus died for them, that is good news. Right. That is gospel. Yeah. That there's hope for something greater than today. Mm-hmm. That is something that is worth serving and worth doing and worth, you know, coming in and, and working in, in HBC Kids and serving and, and helping kids. And that's worth uh, working with in our student ministry and serving middle schoolers. And, and you know, I was talking to one of our, our student volunteers the other night, and um, it seems like every week something gets spilled. Okay. We, it doesn't mean we provided drinks. There could be a, a, a water shortage and no water in or any liquid in a building. But somehow when the students all leave, there's some kind of puddle somewhere on the floor. Right. And you know, what, what makes, you know, our, our student volunteers willing to be a part of that? Well, because Jesus saved their lives and has impacted their lives. And they want, you know, teenagers and students to have a life that's built on following Jesus. So uh, I, I think that's really good. And I think it's, it's important here that Peter and John, immediately are saying, no, 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 This isn't about us. Uh, yeah, but yeah. they're pointing people yeah. back to the answer that we agree with, yeah. that is Jesus. Right. And, and and that was, you know, their reason for this healing here. And, th- and this is the same Peter that not so long yeah. before this yeah. had stood around a fire yeah. and denied even knowing yeah. Jesus, right? So so there's been a work in his life yeah. too. Uh, and I think we, we do have to Take it always. Take it back to Jesus for people. Even even if you want to tell them, "Hey, I'm doing it because we love." Then the way to say that is to say, "Hey, we're we're out here doing this because Jesus loves us, and because He loves us, we want you to know yeah. that He also loves you." Yeah, right. That's scriptural, right? Yeah. We love because He first loved us. Yeah. So Peter and John, uh, they do a good job of that. They they turn it and they explain to the people who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them. Yeah. Uh, and it even says that uh, the people who heard the message believed yeah. and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Wow. Like, yeah, that's, that's incredible, lot. right? Yeah. We, we always think about the day of Pentecost with the people that were added to the church, which is great. Yeah. But 5,000 right here, yeah. here in, in, and they're headed to the temple and they hear this. So obviously that causes a stir and it lands Peter and John in the Sanhedrin where, where we find them in verses five through 12. And, they're asked the question, by what power or in what name have you done this? I love that you brought out the question has to be asked. Yeah. How many times in church life do we find ourselves answering questions in our community that nobody's asking? Yeah. yeah. No, nobody's asking you that, so why are you telling, right? Yeah. So I think w- there does have to be enough about our activity and uh, our attitude, who we are, to cause people to ask the question. Yeah. Uh, and and then I do think in the next six weeks, I think the question uh, is being asked because our church has gone through a time of transition. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people in our community uh, are, are wondering, well, who are they anymore? Yeah. Like, I thought they were this, yeah. but it doesn't seem they're that. It's like, who who are who, who yeah. is Harrisburg Baptist Church? Yeah. And so I think we're, we're answering a question that's being asked just as Peter and John are asked, or asked a question yeah. here. But they're asked, by what power or in, in what name or whose name have you done this? Basically, what authority yeah. did you heal this guy within mm. the temple complex? Yeah. And so, it's, hey, by, by what power? So for us today, people come to us, man, what, why, are you, why are you, like you said, why are you serving students? Why are mm. you uh, supporting the high school sports team? Why are you 
on Main Street with a bounce house for kids. Like, yeah. wh- why do you do the things you do? Yeah. And it's not just to be nice. Yeah. That can never be the answer yeah. because that will fall flat every time. And Peter, verse 8 says, was filled with the Holy Spirit. So, again, we don't want to elevate Peter and John. Mm-hmm. I love Peter and John. I, I, I hope that, that I get to meet them. I think they're fascinating people. Mm-hmm. But we never want to elevate Peter and John. Yeah. They, are, they are humans just like us. Yeah. What sets them apart in this moment is Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is stirring in him. And the Holy Spirit is like, ooh, ooh ask me. Yeah. I know the answer to this yeah. question. And I think too many times we try to answer the question on our own. Yeah. When we have the Holy Spirit in us who says, hey, hey toss me that question. I got it. I, I can answer it. Yeah. And then he lays out uh, this bold answer. Imagine standing in front of the court yeah. of religious leaders. <laughs> and when they ask you that question, you, you kind of turn it on, it on its head and say, hey, if, if you're examining us today, about a good deed done to a disabled man. He's almost saying, are, are we really are we really having an argument over the fact that somebody who's disabled is no longer disabled? Like, is that mm. a bad thing, yeah. guys? But if we're being asked that, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus, what's the name they don't want them speaking? Yeah. He, he yeah. throws it right there. By the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, and he doesn't stop, whom you crucified yeah wow yeah to stand in a court and be like hey guys the authority we just healed this man by is the name of jesus christ oh yeah remember he's the guy that you all sanhedrin tried Mm -hmm. and had crucified and i would say it's easy for us in our context to look back and say yeah they, they did that but if we flip that to say if peter is saying to us this jesus who who you mankind Mm-hmm. Crucified, yeah. Because we're all responsible for his mm-hmm. crucifixion through our through our sin, right? Then he, he says, "Let it be known that that's whose name it was." Yeah. But the good news is, God raised him from the dead. By him, this man is standing here before you, healthy. So, in other words, the man that was healed is literally standing there with Peter and John. Yeah. So, as we look at this concept that Jesus is the answer, Jesus one must be the answer, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because, frankly, nothing else makes sense. Yeah. Look at our world. Yeah. Every day on the news here, here it seems there's another mass shooting, and I'm not trying to get political on that. That's just reality. Mm-hmm. There are natural disasters. Yeah. There are just things that occur in life that are really hard to wrap your brain around. No answer the world has makes sense. Science does not have the answer to explain why these things happen. Yeah. There's there's no answer in life for any of these things. So Jesus must be the answer because nothing else in this world makes sense. Yeah. So that's first and foremost. And then when the man is standing there who was healed, Jesus is the evident answer. He's the obvious answer. Yeah. Right? It's like Hey, you can ask us all day long by whose authority we did this. I'm going to tell you it was Jesus, and here's here's the guy. Yeah. So if you doubt what I'm saying, I'm telling you it was by Jesus' authority, and here's the result. Yeah, and I, I think for our community, our, our church community, um, we've used a lot of maybe external examples, or if you're you know likely an adult listening to this, examples of of ways kind of outside of of the internal gathering uh, of ways that 
we would profess that Jesus is the answer. But I love here that they ask, by what power mm-hmm. or authority mm-hmm. did you do this? What power or authority do any of us have to teach people how to find abundant life, to teach people the way of eternal life, to show people through God's word? What power or authority do any of us have to, to, to lead people in God's word or, or to grow in God's grace? What authority do we have? We have the authority of the answer of Jesus. And I, I think that it's so important that, that you know, our, our community and our world will be impacted by our church, not just by the things that we do together. Those are important, and we're going to talk a lot about those in the weeks to come. But some of it is, in the first kind of three weeks of this, we'll talk more about our community will be impacted by what power changed your life? Mm-hmm. What power is the power that transformed your marriage? Mm-hmm. Hey, I see that you're a different person when you come into work on Monday. Mm-hmm. I see that the way that you've walked through this season of grief and struggle is different than I did in my street, in my grief and struggle, or maybe the way that I think I would. Right. You know, um, I've shared a lot of times last year, you know, 420, 30 days ago, my dad passed away unexpectedly. And I think one of the greatest testimonies that I've been able to have in that is people going, I, I don't know how you're doing this. And I, I would tell them, honestly, Jonathan, I don't either, <laughs> right, but Jesus right. rose from the dead. Yeah. And yeah. so I can have hope in that. Right. And so my life has been shifted and changed and transformed by Jesus. How, how do how do you do that? Jesus, mm-hmm. how, how are, how are you here today? Jesus, mm-hmm. how, how do you, you know, have, have, have joy and, and have hope and have faith, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to that, the power and the authority that we have in, in, in transforming our own lives, in seeing transformation in the lives of others, in impacting our community, in raising children, in, in having healthy, growing, uh, vibrant marriages, all of it. Mm-hmm. It all is Jesus. That is, that is the base answer. That is where it all begins is our faith and our hope and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Without that, it all means nothing. Right. I mean, to me, truthfully, from from everything I've I can understand about the world, I I have come to either have one of two positions, and I'll tell you which one I've chosen. But I, I either believe that two thousand years ago, a Jewish carpenter walked out of the grave mm-hmm. and defeated death, and because of that, the things that he said, the things that he did, the things that he pointed to are are worth listening to and worth abiding by and worth molding my life to, or everything is kind of by chance. It all kind of stinks. And uh, one day we'll all be dead. So what the apostle Paul says, we might as well just eat, drink and be merry. If Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. Right. And because I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I think that many of you listening to this as, as part of our church community or another church community would, would agree with that statement. Then it should impact us. Mm-hmm. And that the thing that we should turn to in every area of our lives, our finances and and our our impact in the way that we we communicate and walk and talk and live with other people in our marriage, our family, all that, our church, every part of it goes back to Jesus. Why do we have authority? Why do we have power? Why do we have anything? Because Jesus. And that is the answer that we proclaim for our community. That's the answer to our transformation. That's what we've seen. And that's what they're seeing here too is, hey, how is this dude who couldn't walk now walking? We talked about it some even last <laughs> week. You know, when when people experience the power of Jesus, what, what I believe is, Jonathan, they can't help but tell people Mm-mm. because your life looks different yeah. when you're the guy who used to couldn't walk <laughs> and now you can. Yeah, right. 
people got questions. Yeah. Yeah. And his answer and our answer is yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Even if this gentleman had had never spoken a word yeah. uh, in the in, in Solomon's colonnade, these people have walked past him uh-huh. for years. Yeah. They're gonna wait a second. Yeah. He he was the guy laying out there. Uh-huh. What what's he doing? Right? Walking. Like, like, <laughs> There's a difference. They're, they're gonna have questions. Yeah. And just his life is is a testimony. Yeah. Uh but but I love that we keep talking about the the, the impact that we that Christ has on us individually, and and He is the reason and the basis for everything. Mm-hmm. I, I was asked recently why I was so hopeful in in the midst of a bleak situation not not the death of anyone, just a situation with some challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And and my statement that day was I I would be insane or yeah. crazy to not have hope because of why. Because of how I've seen God yeah. move and how I've seen God yeah. work in the last year and a half to two years. How, I'd, so if I lay those things out for people and say, look, I've seen him do this, I've seen him do this, I've seen yeah. him do this, I've seen him do this, it's good. then they're going to come to the same conclusion yeah. that, hey, yeah, if you don't believe in that God, if you don't believe Jesus is the answer, then you're crazy. Yeah. Because you've seen him be the answer there, mm-hmm. there, there, there. Yeah. There's evidence to back it up. Yeah. And that's the same thing here. Peter Peter lays out for him, hey, you know, that here's the situation. It's by his authority. He's the guy you crucified. God raised him from the dead. Yeah. Uh, but Oh, by the way, did I point out, this guy is the one we healed. Yeah. <laughs> He's right here. Yeah. So here's the evidence. Exhibit yeah. A, right? Uh, and, and then he continues on to say, this Jesus... So again, draws it back. And then he goes to the Old Testament on him. Uh, this Jesus who is the stone despised by you builders. Some translations say the stone the builders rejected, right? Who has become the cornerstone. Uh, and that is uh, from Psalm 118. So he, he goes back to something they know. Yeah, These are religious leaders. These are Jewish leaders. They know the, the Psalms. This is their, their, their songbook. Yeah. He, he quotes him a lyric from one of their songs, man. He's like, hey, y'all sing this in the temple. Yeah. So that that's this guy, this Jesus. He's that guy. And then in verse 12, there's salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to people in which we must be saved. So Jesus is the answer, not only because he's the only answer that makes sense, not only because he is the answer with all the evidence in his in his favor, but he's the only answer. There's not another one. Yeah, salvation is the key. Uh, yeah. we, you and I've talked recently about how it's so easy to get sucked into uh, when you look at things going on in our in our culture and in our society and just in our world at large, and it's so easy to get caught up in the symptoms of sin mm-hmm. and forget the fact that the underlying root issue, the problem facing mankind, yeah. is sin. Yeah. The problem facing mankind is not addiction. Yeah. The problem facing mankind is not violence. It's not mental health issues. Those are all problems. Yeah. But those are all symptoms yeah. that that reveal themselves that come from a root of sin. Yeah. And I think we spend so much time as God's people and have throughout history of trying to to treat these symptoms. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not advocating for uh, not ministering mm-hmm. to those in addiction. I'm not advocating for not being caring to those with mental health issues or, and not helping to, to go against violence. I'm not, I'm not saying we don't address them. Yeah. 
but we must address all of them with the understanding as God's people, with the understanding as Christ followers, that the root solution for all of those is to attack sin, and the solution for sin is salvation found only yeah. in Christ. We, we live in a culture that, that thrives on outrage, and you know, regardless of, of people's politics or personal um, positions or thoughts on the way that the world should work, people really, our, our culture pushes us to be outraged. You know, and people ask, well, can you believe they did? Yeah. Why? Because lost, sinful, broken, hurting people do bad things. That Because I, I don't expect people who don't know Jesus to act like people whose lives have been transformed by the good news of Jesus. I don't expect people who aren't filled with the Holy Spirit to walk in the fruit of it. And for us as a church community— I think that it's so important that, you know, our church is not about politics. We, we, don't, we don't have a political party that we support or affiliate with. Uh, we don't support, you know, or, 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 you know, promote any certain politicians, you know, but, but our, our church is not about politics. Why? Because politics aren't going fi- to fix the problems of our world. Mm-hmm. We can sit around and talk about politics till we turn blue or red or both in the face. <laughs> but, su- but, you know, ultimately— the way that we truly believe that we can impact our world is by sharing Jesus with our world. And, and, and we don't, we don't, you know, get bogged down in, in, you know, preaching on today's hot topic or, or the thing that the culture is outraged about today. Why? Because we believe in, if we preach Jesus, then people will, will, will come to a hope and a knowledge of salvation and that through God's spirit, their lives will be changed. You know, my dad was a preacher for, for 40 years and something that he taught me well is, you know, Jonathan, I've talked about this before. I don't preach to convict people. Mm-hmm. I preach God's word mm-hmm. and the truth of, of God's word. And I preach Jesus and trust that God's spirit will convict people. Cause mm-hmm. I can, you know, me, Jonathan, you know, especially somebody who's even a more talented communicator maybe than us can, can, can make a good argument and twist your arm and make you feel bad about something. But what's going to happen is eventually you won't be around them anymore. You'll be in a different environment and you won't feel bad anymore and you'll do it again. But transformation through the power of God's spirit is something that you can take home with you. They'll stay with you and it'll alter your life. So, so, you know, as we look at kind of the identity of the place that we call Harrodsburg Baptist Church, a place that, you know, for me is a spiritual home. We first come to the 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 acknowledgement or or the, the the recognition that Jesus is the answer. So when people approach our community and say, "Hey, will you will you address this bill that's going to be voted on?" Well, we're going to preach Jesus and trust God's Spirit to guide His people. But we're not really worried about what the Kentucky House of Legislators does. We're worried about what Jesus did on the cross two thousand years ago. We love our legislators. We pray for them. Red, you know, Republican, Democrat, Independent. We love them and we pray for them and we want safety for them and their family. And we pray that they too will come to know Jesus because we think that's the best way that they can impact our world. But our, our focus is not on anything other. The, the thing that everything we do runs through the filter that it all goes through first. Is it is it about Jesus? Does it lift up the name of Jesus? Mm-hmm. And does it point others to Jesus? Because that is what we're all about 
in every scenario, in every event, in every service, in every moment, in every gathering, that is the line that that we start at before we do anything else. And I think that's so so freeing and so powerful for us uh, because, hey, you know, we, we don't really have to worry about the things going on in the world. Yes, we should address them. Yes, like what you said, hey, you know, we, 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 if you are, are walking through a season of, of mental health struggles, we support people going to counseling and, and, mm-hmm. and we uh, encourage that through God's spirit, uh, people can, can be brought through those things and that, that God has given us science and technology to address those things. But we don't, we don't worry. We don't let our, our world be shaken because what our world rests on, what our foundation is, what our cornerstone is, mm-hmm is this person, the person of Jesus. And that's something that what the, the author of the book of Hebrews said yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the same. And that's something yeah. that can't be shaken by our shaking world. <laughs> right, right. And it's, and it's the only thing that can't be shaken, yep. right? And again, that, that is why he is the only answer. Yeah. Uh, and that's why the, Peter in this message, moved by the Holy Spirit, makes this declaration, there is no other name. No under heaven given to people mm. by which we must be saved. Uh, that That's it. Like yeah. Jesus is the answer. It, it really just boils down to that. He's the only one. Um, and it does set up. It is the foundation yeah. for everything else we're going to talk about over the next uh, five weeks in addition to this one, six yeah. weeks total. Because if we get this one wrong, mm-hmm. the rest of them don't matter. Yep. The rest of them, we, we we can get wrong. Yeah, we can get some of those others wrong, as long as we get this one right. Yeah, it will take care of of all the rest. Yeah, uh, and and uh, for for those of you who are listeners, uh, just just so you can hear the statement as we lead into the next weeks, what we're saying then is that, that Jesus is the answer, and because Jesus is the answer, the next week you'll hear us talk about worship is our response. Yeah. And then the following week, you'll hear us talk about how discipleship is our mission because Jesus is the answer. And then we will talk about how the next generation is our passion because Jesus is the answer. And then you'll hear us say that service is our honor. Well, why? Because Jesus is the answer. And then lastly, Harrodsburg is our heart. Again, why? Because Jesus is the answer. We, We believe we have the answer. Yeah. The only answer. And because of that, it motivates us. It compels us to do all of these other things. Yeah. So whenever anyone asks by whose power or whose authority or why are you doing this, our response should always be yeah. because Jesus Christ yeah. is the answer yeah. for this world. And, and we know that. Yeah. We have come to see it. And we want other people to experience him and to know him yeah. the same that we have. Yeah. Uh, and that that should be what drives all we do as a church. It should be all that what drives all we do as individuals. Yeah. Uh, and we pray that you uh, who are listening to this, that in your context, if it is, as we said, if it's outside of Harrodsburg, the only thing different from our core values that that would be different for you is change the name of the city that should be your heart. Yeah. Because wherever God has planted you, yeah. You you are to. Pray for and 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 help that city, yeah. uh, and, and we'll get to that in week six. Yeah. Um, we we hope that you will journey along with us in this as we talk through who we are. Uh, again, as we always say, we we pray that you are part of a 
Bible-believing, Bible-teaching community of, of followers of Christ because we weren't designed to do this on our own. Yeah. We were, to, another thing we're studying at our church right now is that church membership is mm-hmm. not a construct of man. It is a biblical uh, concept. Yeah. And so if you're not plugged into a local body of believers, you need to be. Yeah. Through that community, you're going to learn so much. You're going to grow uh, in your walk with Christ because you were designed to to do this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we pray for you that that is your reality, that you are part of a believing body like that. If you are not and you are in the Harrodsburg, Mercer County area, you can try us out at 312 South Main Street is where we gather for worship on Sunday mornings at uh, 1030, 930 for Bible study. Or if you just want to come to us and say, Hey, I want to I want to have help finding a church home. Yeah, man, we may not be the church fit for you, and that's fine. But we know a lot of other good churches in this community that we would love to point you towards, and love to connect you with their leadership team and get you plugged into one of them if it's a better fit for you and your family. Yeah. Uh, and so, if you're not part of a church, just hear us say we want to aid you in helping you find a church home uh, in the Mercer County context. We don't know churches really outside of that context well enough to help you in, in other areas. Uh, so uh, thank you for joining us again for uh, what has been this episode of the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church.